Welcome home. If you found your way here, you are definitely a part of my tribe. My name is Desiree Jackson. This is the Black Hair Conspiracy Podcast. And today's topic is winning is mental. There was this study that was done a while ago. And the study basically was they took a group of people and they was playing a video game. In the video game, the video game was very hard and difficult, and those people could not successfully get a win in. After a while, they started to notice that they would get negative, they'd get frustrated, they cause anger, they would get, and those actual, the frustration, the anger, the negativity, it can change the frequency within your body, and it also can cause illness. And it releases a chemical, they say, that causes illness, problems, negativity. So you're on a very bad frequency when you're at that point. But did you know that it actually can, if you stay too long in that Pacific era, you end up becoming negative. It changes your DNA. It changes, uh, there's a chemical structure that will change in your body because of it. So the technique in the experiment was to make the people stop for a second every time they was losing too much. And they had to find a specific game that they played that they know was easy to them, that they always win. That this game was so simple, you that they automatically just know how to play it and they will always get winning off of it. So they will stop, they readjust it, and then they will start playing another game. They started playing their winning game. And then after playing a few rounds and winning, they then stopped them and had them to go back to the game that they was losing and play that game. And 90% of the test subjects then won. They always conquered the game they was having difficulties in. When you're in a situation where you're constantly losing, it does more than just change your personality or make you angry. Studies have shown that it actually changes your mental wires and the frequencies in your brain. What happens is you literally expect to fail. You start to expect that something's going to go wrong. You start to expect that you're not going to be successful at the thing that you're doing from the emotional shutdown that's going to happen. So you'll say little things like, oh, well, I don't expect that to happen. I don't expect that to turn out. I knew it was going to be some kind of problems. These are emotional blockers to help protect us for what we expect is about to happen. And the problem is, if you expect a problem or negative results, you're going to get it. Because you will literally sabotage yourself without even knowing it to cause the problem all by yourself. The th your actions... Now, that leads me to what happens when you win. 
the same thing. When you have an accomplishment or you make a win, you actually send out. Your body reaction gives you a chemical, dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin. These chemicals are so addictive or the feel good of it is so strong that that alone makes you think the next thing that you do, the next thing that you're going to accomplish, not only are you going to get through it, but you are determined because now you feel that you are capable because you are tested and you passed. The same adrenaline and chemical reactions that you get happens also when you watch someone else wins. Like for instance, when you're watching a football game or you're watching a tennis match and your person that, or your team that you are rooting for wins and they overcome a struggle, you get that same oxytocin, that dopamine response from that winning that they did. Hence the reason we probably like watching games and, and we're so committed into a team because we get these same addictions that programs in our head as we normally would have gotten if we were physically the ones doing it. So that goes to say that that's the reason why some people like to be around a certain type of person people who are more positive or people who are winners or people who will conquer and get things because their achievement, if they are attached to it, can mean a blessing and it, and it not only just a blessing, but it also gives them that chemical reaction as well. And this is also goes back to why those that do win a lot would tend to be a distance from those that already expect to lose or have a certain mindset. I remember one day my son, my youngest son, came to me. And you know, if you have kids, they, they get to this thing, and it was like, Mommy, what would you rather? What would you rather? That game, what would you rather? Oh my, I could be doing anything. And he'll just be like, Mommy, what would you rather? But this one day, this, this what would you rather was interesting because he, was, he said, Mom, if you had a tiny little person that was going to go against a giant and who would you, which one would, would you rather put your um, bet on? And you know, the first thing I said to him was, um, which one have the confidence and which one believe they're going to win? And he said, does it even matter? And I said, yes, it matters more than you think. And of course, you guys know the first thing in my mind also went to David and Goliath, the Bible story where, you know, David was able to defeat the giant with his slingshot. And, you know, kids, you know, I don't think they really get the concept yet that it doesn't matter how big someone is or how big a company is or how big a corporation or how big um, the battle is. What really matters is what is the mental level of the person who's going up against it? So I said to him, what is um, the, the little guy? Like, do he believe he's going to win? And, he was, and so my son said, does it even matter? Mom, he's going against a giant. And I said, yes, it does, because winning is mental. 
And the research that I spoke about actually proved that. Winning is a mentality. It doesn't matter how big a corporation is. It does matter how big of a mental capacity you have to take on that actual challenge. And that's the reason why a lot of times if you are a person and you see someone doing something and you're like, why do they think they can do that? They're not even in that league, but they have the confidence, they have the strength, they have the mentality that they can do this. I like that because the first thing I said to myself is, we don't know what they know. Usually confidence comes from something internal, meaning that it's tested and true. Example, have you ever been at your job and somebody at your, um, you know, your boss comes to you and, and they're like, oh, you know, we're going to put you in this position, but it's going to be really hard for you to do and it's going to be difficult. Don't worry about it. You might not win. You know, we understand that, you know, you might not be successful in getting this project done. And then your attitude is like, yeah, um, okay, no problem. What do you want done? And then they're confused because you don't seem scared at the challenge. See, the truth is they don't know what you've been through. They don't know that you've already been tested, passed, and proven. So you know for yourself, you know what you've done. And compared to if they knew what you've already did in the past, then they would have known that what you're, they're asking of you is small compared to what you've already done. I've spoken many times on this podcast about association and being careful of the people that you are around because it literally can affect your life. And the reason why I talk about it is because there is a science behind it. And with that science, there is a chemical reaction that your body takes on and there's a frequency that you are constantly exposing yourself to. And I'm talking about the frequency that comes from the individual, whether someone is on a great frequency, a high frequency, or a low frequency, these are the things that are gonna affect your life. If you didn't understand or know that someone who's on a lower frequency, they are on the frequency that would be more related to cancer or illnesses. In order for you to physically get sick, you have to be on that frequency. So that's the reason why when your body breaks down in certain parts of, in certain parts at certain times, what is happening is your immune system gets low and your frequencies get low. And that is when you're acceptable to being now sick. So if you are on a higher frequency within the body, there's a higher chemicals that are stronger and healthier. What happens is even if you are in the proximity to the, something that's contagious, like a cold, your body immune system is very strong and is able to fight it off, so you're not going to be acceptable to catching that cold. And that's the reason why your immune system has to stay healthy or high. But it works that way with everything. If you are around something that is negative, or someone that is negative, or someone that's on a, um, a lower frequency who's um, maybe negative or ill or constant or have, a, or have a virus. I'm just trying to think of different things 
that would apply. Eventually, even if you are healthy, there are things you do that makes you more acceptable and your immune system weaker. Like for instance, if you stay up too much, you know, if, you're, if you've been working hard that day, if you've drained yourself, then for a short moment, your immune system is gonna be lowered, which means you're on a lower frequency and being around someone who is sick, now you have their virus or germs that's gonna implement your area and you are likely to now get sick and how long it takes you to fight or your body to fight it off you know comes into a lot of different factors but this is the reason why it is important for us to be conscious of you know keeping our vibrations high keeping our frequency high trying to make sure we keep our immune system high and also mentally making sure that we're not constantly around someone who is mentally putting us down or negative because at any given time, it don't matter how positive you are, we all have moments of where we're tired, we're drained, we, um, we need to regroup ourselves. And we don't, we're vulnerable at those times to even negative mental suggestions. Association. I used to tell my kids all the time, be careful who you associate with and who you're around too much. And the reason why is that if you don't smoke cigarettes, but you get in a relationship with someone who smokes cigarettes, it's different from being around someone or knowing someone or having a friend who just smokes cigarettes. A relationship requires uh, a numerous amount of time that you must spend with each other. It means that you're going to be involved in the day in and day out of this person's life. And in most relationships, whether it's good or bad, eventually you pick up certain characteristics of the other person. So I've found it to be true that there is no way I've seen people have a long lasting relationship with only one person that smokes and the other one doesn't smoke. Generally, one must meet the other one, meaning that if you smoke, either you're gonna stop smoking eventually in this relationship or you're gonna start smoking eventually in this relationship. If you guys are drinkers, if one person is a drinker, you're not a drinker, you don't drink alcohol, and you don't drink alcohol that much. Maybe it's occasionally, but the other person drinks alcohol a lot more. Well, generally one must, you're gonna have to meet each other somewhere in a relationship. So either you're gonna become more of a drinker or they're gonna become less of a drinker. And that's the reason why I say association. If somebody does drugs, you could pretend all you want and say, well, I don't do drugs, and just because my, my partner does drugs, I'm not gonna do drugs. Well, no. Generally, <laughs> once again, you must meet somewhere in that middle. Either uh, in, order, in order for that relationship to continue and grow into more of a lasting relationship, you're gonna either have to do drugs or they're gonna have to stop doing drugs. And that's the reason why if I know that someone is in a relationship with someone who's a drug addict, then I know eventually you have touched drugs. 
if you tell me the length of time that you guys been together, either you're touching drugs or this person had a time where they stopped doing drugs. There's no either way about this. It is very important how you associate with people and what it is that you're willing to take into your world and what you're not willing to take. I have set rules and standards for relationships of all kinds. This is relationship with friends, relationships with my kids, relationships with work, a relationship, a ship. A ship takes you somewhere. So if I am in any form of a relationship, whether it be work, business, friends, if it is not taking me in the direction I want to go, it is not a ship I need to be on. This was part of the reason why I titled my book, The Black Hair Conspiracy, and its connection to your health and wealth. Because literally, your hair is connected to how you conduct frequencies. It is a science behind your hair. If it's black, it is actually picking up stronger frequencies and it can conduct through your body and through the universe on a different and more powerful wavelength. Think about it when you have, like, say, black clothes on and you go out in the sun. You already know that you're going to get hotter. You already know it's going to be, um, you're going to sweat more. It's going to be generation of more heat. Just like if you have a black car and you leave your car out in the sun, when you go inside of the car, it's going to have more heat. So even if you don't understand the physics behind this or the science, we all know that the darker something is, it attracts way more heat. And heat equals energy, equals frequency, equals the universe. On page 155, I'm going to read that chapter, Your Hair's Connection to the Universe. Quantum physics has many ways to prove to you that your hair is connected to the universe. One of the latest discoveries about hair concerns melanin, the pigment in the hair. An 18-year-old in Nepal recently discovered that the melanin in your hair is light-sensitive and can be used as a conductor. He has now been using hair to replace silicon in solar panels. This is an extraordinary find, especially in poor countries. The price of hair is dramatically cheaper than silicon. Plus, you can personally grow and control your own inventory. Yes, our hair is more than just for fashion. There are three transfer methods of energy that we need to understand. Conduction, conversion, and radiation. But science has documented a fourth method. And yes, it has to do with hair. This process is called photosynthesis. And it is the process in when... This process is called photosynthesis. And it is the process in when plants can store energy and use it for later. It is uh, directly connected to the color of the plant. Much like how our skin melanin is connected to help us store the sun energy. I personally believe that this is the reason people with lots of melanin in the skin 
age slower. At the time that I discovered this, it wasn't, it wasn't widely talked about, and there wasn't any direct science connected to what we consider um, black don't crack as that term or that technology. But when I discovered this, and I realized that so literally they just came across this concept of photosynthesis and has added it into the science industry, I immediately wanted to share the information I discovered and I wrote it in my book. Now picking up where I left off, I believe we are storing energy in our skin cells and using it at a rapid rate to repair our aging skin, therefore causing us to look much younger. Hence the phrase, black don't crack. So at the time when I wrote the book and I discovered this, there wasn't anybody that literally connected this as a theory. But now that they have the research showing of this process called photosynthesis, this is my hypothesis and I stand on it. Now, continuing to read on page 156, I just want to introduce to you a little bit of the three parts of how energy is transferred, which is conduction, conversion, and radiation. And then later, we're gonna actually get into a deeper analyzation of the new method that they have introduced called photosynthesis. Conduction, heat is a thermal energy in solids and it can be transferred by conduction. Thermal energy, like how we snuggle together to get the body heated, form, this is one access and one way of making a conduction. Heat is passed along from the hotter end of the object to the colder end of the particle in a solid vibrating hotter particles. So the hotter something is, it vibrates faster and it causes the particles next to it to vibrate and that in itself is how it generates energy. So you know that concept where you're laying next to somebody because you're both cold. One person is probably a little warmer than the other person. And what happens is as you come together, you cause this conduction in which the colder parts of your body or that person's body will start to receive the heat from other parts of the body. And just coming together causes a conduction. So that is one way of transfer of energy which is what I'm also saying, sometimes just being around someone, you can transfer and get their frequencies and the negative energy or the negative vibrations and the things that they bring into your life, it just naturally is going to affect you. Be careful of your relationships. This is Desrita Jackson with the Black Hair Conspiracy.